What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to our all-new episode of the Killer Crossover Podcast featuring your boy Mo and special guest hosts. Introduce yourself, man. My name's Jordan. Stacks on stacks on stacks. Lats from the Top Room Sports Podcast. Excited to be here with my guy, Mo, man. Uh, always a pleasure talking talking sports with you in general, but especially football, because I always get to shit on your Raiders. So, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, bro, everybody shits on my Raiders. This is nothing new. This is nothing new. So welcome. <laughs> welcome to the show, man. Welcome to the podcast. Let's get it going. Let's go. Stats on stats on stats. My brother, welcome back to the show. It's good to have you on. Uh, NFL playoffs is finally here. This is one of my, personally, one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, Wild card weekend. We got some great games kicking off uh, beginning on Saturday. We're just going to run through the list. We'll start with the Saturday games first. We got Raiders, Bengals, Bills, and Patriots. Which game do you want to dive into first? I mean, let's hit this. Let's hit this Raiders game, man. Let's for do sure. It. Let's do it. Um, you know, this is this is an interesting game. So right now the line is minus five and a half for Cincinnati, that. which would tell you on a neutral field, Vegas is telling you that Cincinnati is an eight and a half point favorite, better than Vegas on a neutral field. Right. So a little bit. Usually a home team gets three points. So, I mean, looking at this from from a betting perspective. The five and a half line is pretty crazy, especially because the Raiders are really hot coming into this. Um, they're probably like, you know, we we always say the team of destiny, but every single year in the playoffs, dude, we see a team that gets hot at the end of the year and is able to fucking roll it into the playoffs. So the Raiders are in an interesting position. I mean, as a Raider fan, like, what's your, what's your thoughts on this game? My thoughts, my thoughts are this: I'm 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 cautiously optimistic, I'm off the optimistic for a couple of different reasons. Uh, number one, uh, over the last four weeks, we've been essentially playing playoff games uh, each week. I feel like we're battle tested. Two, our our running game has our running game has came alive. Josh Jacobs has been running the hell out of the ball for the last four weeks as well. He's had a he's had an up and down season. Uh, that's mainly due to uh, injuries and inconsistent line play. Um, so uh, what? He's been he's been really running the ball well lately, so I'm we're gonna have to give a, a heavy dose of Josh on Saturday. And another thing that I'm looking for is Waller. He's one of the few tight ends that have really carved up uh, Cincinnati this year. And my X factor, Hunter Renfro, Thornton Renfro. But the biggest question that uh, that I have is number four. You know, what's what type of are we gonna get good Derek Carr? Are we gonna get bad Derek Derek Carr? We're in enemy territory, so to speak. The weather's weather conditions are not gonna be in our favor. Traditionally, Derek has always struggled in cold weather stadiums. So again, it's paramount to pound the ball every chance that we get, convert on third downs. Defense inside of the ball been playing really well as well. Our pass rush is as good as anybody the last month of the season. Uh, Mad Max has been playing out of his mind. Yannick is doing what Yannick's doing. Uh, he's been getting double teamed a lot, and that's been freeing up Max. But Max has been on a mission uh, these last four games or so. I I'm loving what I'm seeing out of him. 
Uh, secondary, we're going to have to continue to uh, do good things with the secondary. Casey Hayward is going to be our leader, is our leader in the secondary, so we're going to need a big game out of him. Concerns, my number one concern is Joe Mixon. In that Week 11 matchup, he really ran the ball, ran the ball down our throats. I mean, it was a close game, and it really didn't get away from us until the end of the fourth quarter, but he had a great game. Uh, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, really didn't get off the way that I thought they would. So that's a positive, but it's zero, zero. None of that matters. The thing to look out for yeah. is that uh, overall record wise, Cincinnati is one in eight in their last wild card games. So take that as you will. But yeah, I, I mean, I they, like haven't, they haven't won a playoff game in 30 years. Right, exactly. So take, take this information out how you want to take it. But I definitely, definitely like our chances on Saturday. I, I think the the interesting thing about this matchup, and you know, I mentioned it when I was talking online the other day, is that when the Raiders started to make their run, their defense vastly improved, and especially stopping the run. Um, their defense is top 10 DVOA against the run for the, throughout the whole season. And then on offense, they've been able to run the ball. You know, they went from 28th DVOA total in offense running the ball to now they're a top 20 team. So, I mean, you're talking a team that's top five throughout the last five weeks. That's how much improvement they've had. And it's it's opened things up and it's taken pressure off of Derek Carr because this is a Raiders team that, you know, since Henry Ruggs killed somebody, they haven't been scoring a ton of points like right. they were in the beginning of the year. Like that, this was an offensive team in the beginning of the year. And then now it's a defensive team, really. But I mean, we've seen teams. I mean, I know they won the Cowboys game, but Dak kind of fucking chopped them up. Mahomes chopped them up. Burrow chopped them up in the first matchup. When they're facing good quarterbacks, they aren't doing very well. And Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. Herbert Herbert chopped stuff last Sunday too. Yep, he did. And it, if the Chargers could stop the run even remotely, and I said this on a, our picks podcast last week for APR. I picked the Raiders because I said the Chargers can't stop the run, dude, like against anybody. And ultimately, in a game where it's meaningful, you have to be able to stop the run, dude. If you can't stop the run, you're going to lose the game, period. Like, unless you're Patrick Mahomes, a team that can't stop the run isn't going to win a playoff game. So I, I think the biggest thing for the Raiders here is how are they going to slow down Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins? Like, that's not an easy feat. And the Chargers, I would say the Bengals have better skill position players than the Chargers do right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would make that argument. And I would even make the argument that Joe Burrow is better than Herbert this year. I think, I mean, it's close. Yeah, it's it's close. close. It's it's definitely debatable. But I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Plus home field advantage. What's the weather? Is it going to snow? Because I heard earlier it was going to snow, and then I looked at the weather report this morning, and it said that it was just going to be cold. Yeah, no I snow. thought it was going to snow, too. So the weather, I'll tell you right now, it's 33 degrees overcast with a 10-mile-per-hour wind. So no snow from the looks of it so far. Because I, I think that's the biggest thing for the Raiders, dude. If it snows, I think that's beneficial to them. If it doesn't, I think that only compounds their issues more. But, I mean, you got to throw conventional wisdom out right now. Because the Raiders should have lost their last four games. I mean, with everything that's gone on in their season. I mean, it's crazy, dude. It's absolutely insane. Like, 
If you told me five weeks ago that the Raiders were going to make the playoffs, I would have bet you a thousand dollars, dude. You would be a thousand dollars richer today. Like after, it's insane what they do. Right after the after we got dog walked in KC, I, I pretty much thought the season was over. It looked like it. It looked like they were ready for vacation, dude. But here they are in the playoffs. And I mean, you got to take a team like that serious. Plus, they're going against a Bengals team that has doesn't have a playoff win in 30 years. I mean, they haven't. Most of these guys on this team haven't been alive for a playoff win right. for Cincinnati, exactly. dude. So right. it's something totally new for the city and the team. And it's a dog shit organization throughout the history of it. So it's it's an interesting matchup right now. I mean, I, I would take Cincinnati minus five and a half just because I think they're the better team. But like I said, dude, sometimes you got to throw conventional wisdom out and you got to throw all the numbers out. And I think this Raiders team is one of those where, you know, anything can happen in this game. I wouldn't be shocked if the Raiders figured out a way to win. Yeah. It's it's going to be a close game. You know, it's definitely going to be a close game. You know, whether it's going to be a factor, I don't think, it, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. You mentioned that the Raiders have really struggled with points on the board. Uh, I think the first team to score 20 points possibly will win. You know, in my personal opinion. You're probably right. So you're probably right about that. I mean, if if the Raiders are gonna have a chance in this game, it has to be a low scoring game. Like yeah. they need it to be a defensive matchup. Yeah. And that's why I think the snow only benefits them. Now, without the snow, having to stop that offense, I mean this Bengals offense is is tough, dude. I mean, yeah. they they blew KC out of the water in the second half of their matchup, and their yeah. defense played really well in that game. Right. Um, and that's that's the one thing that that Cincinnati's D is really good at. Their defensive line is one of the best in the league. It's really the rest of their defense that sucks. Right. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So trenches, the trenches, and the matchup in the trenches is going to be going to be predicated off a lot of different things. I, I you know, our patchwork's got to be ready for that. Uh, as far as the Bengals side, what do you see their keys to victory? I mean, I think if you're the Bengals, you want a high scoring game. I think that's very beneficial. And really, they just they need to get after Derek Carr, but they need to stop the run first and they need to make the Raiders a one dimensional team, whether that's, uh, you know, getting up quick, scoring fast and uh, or just stopping the run and making them one dimensional. I think those are both going to help the Bengals win the game. Plus home field advantage, I think you got to always give the edge to the home home team in, uh, in playoff situations. But I, I, the Raiders do have the recipe to go on the road and win, though, because they've been able do, to run the ball and they've been able to yep. play a good defense, dude. So you, you yep. do that have to travels. take that into consideration. That def- yep. strong, tra- uh, strong running game and defense always travels in the playoffs. But the, the one thing I will say is that is this Raiders defense, the defense that was there the the four weeks prior to the Chargers game, or is it the, the defense that was there for the Chargers game? Because if they play defense like they did against the Chargers, they're not going to win this game. Period. I agree. I agree. They're not because the Bengals defense is better than the Chargers defense. So that's where that's my biggest question mark is what if we get that defense from the four weeks prior dude the Raiders have a great chance at winning this football game I just hope that we uh we really try to pressure Burrow because traditionally we don't like to blitz a lot Mr. Bradley doesn't like to blitz a lot so I hope hope he uh at least considers blitzing more on Saturday I honestly I wouldn't blitz Joe Burrow because he's one of the him and Patrick Mahomes are the two most accurate quarterbacks against a blitz Mm. So honestly, you're better off playing in coverage and 
getting coverage sacks and rushing your front four. And the Raiders front four has been able to get after you. Crosby, yeah. he he's one of the leaders in the in um, QB hurries throughout the whole season. Yeah. And then, like you said, Gaku has been playing really well as well. So I think that they, they have the defense to do it. It's just, can they do that? Because they didn't blitz Herbert. Herbert picked no. him apart. Right, he did. All right, so before we get into the next matchup, final score prediction for Ooh. the game for Bengals uh, Raiders. I'm going to go Bengals 29, Raiders 22. Ooh. Okay. Um, a one I'm, possession game. Okay. A one possession game. I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. But I think Burrow's gonna do it. I'm all. I'm gonna take the better quarterback. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go 27-24 Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr uh, leads us down to a uh, a field goal, and Cash Money Carlson is gonna send us to the next divisional round. Good possibility, man. Very good possibility. All right. Moving on to the next matchup on Saturday night, we have the Bills and Patriots. Uh, how you thinking about how are you feeling about this game, my friend? This is an interesting game, dude, because when I first saw this game, the first thing that I thought about was, all right, how many times has Bill Belichick played the team three times in the season? And two, if he does play a team three times in a season, he has to be really good because he's that good of a coach, right? I was wrong. He's one and two against teams that he has to play for a third time. His two losses coming against uh, one of them, the Giants, and one of them, the Jets. So he's not good. He's only had three games, one and two the third time. Not good against the team third time. I love Sean McDermott. I think Sean McDermott is a great head coach, too. Yeah, and I agree. this defense shows it. This defense is vastly improved from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to be the thing to this game. And also, Buffalo... I said it all year, dude. It's not that they couldn't run the ball. It's that they refuse to run the ball. That's Why the do they refuse to run the ball? To me. They never run and the then ball. They, I don't get it. But, but the last three weeks they have, and it's been showing, dude. They've been dominating because Devin Singletary, he's been rushing the ball very well. They've actually been handing the ball off more than 15 times a game. And that was why they lost the game to the Patriots the first time. Was they do? It was 50 mile an hour wins. They got Josh Allen dropping back five step drops, trying to throw the ball. Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, it made you know no what I mean. Sense. You can't do that. Cold no, weather no sense game, at all. You need a running game. That's it's been a, so beneficial, and it's honestly damn near a necessity to win a game like that. Yep, especially in that cold weather, especially with that wind. We aren't going to have this win this time, though, which I think benefits Buffalo because Josh Allen is definitely the better quarterback. Right. Mac Jones is, um, you know, he was good this year. He wasn't great. He's still very young. And are the Patriots going to open up the playbook for him in the playoffs now? Like, they didn't do it all year. You know what I mean? Like, what what's going to make you think that they're going to do that? Not going to go. Uh, the, the Bills. They've, they've had him handcuffed. The entire entire season, Mac Mac Jones. Speaking on Mac Jones. Yep. And the the crazy thing about both these defenses, Mo too, is that they're both top five defenses, and they're both not good against the run. Right. <laughs> so it's like, I think whichever team is able to establish the run and kind of uh, push the offense. I, I know I said this last game too, but this is the playoffs, dude. And usually, unless you have Patrick Mahomes, if you can't run the ball, you're screwed. We've seen this throughout the history of the NFL. So I think this game's going to come down to whoever can establish the run and get the other team into third and long 
I think that's going to be the difference in this ballgame. I think it's going to be a very close game. Very close game. I would lean the Patriots plus the four points right now because I think it's going to be that close. But I still yeah. like the Bills to win. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it, it's tough betting against Belichick in the playoffs because he just knows how to, to push the right buttons. But rookie quarterback on the road, you're you're gonna ask a lot, and I just don't know if a rookie quarterback's gonna make that many plays to win you the game on on hostile enemy ter- territories. Going with the Bills as well, it's gonna go. It's gonna gonna be close. I think it, I'm I'm picking seven points or less. I, I don't ask me the score, but I, I'm picking Buffalo as well. I think the one thing we ought to take into consideration too is uh, you know, outside of the Chiefs game, the Buffalo Bills don't really have a good win on their resume. The Patriots would be their second best win. So, you know, this is their third toughest game, I would say, or fourth toughest game, because they lost to the Bucs, but that was a close game, 33-27, but the Bucs kind of dominated that game that came back late. Wasn't really as close as the scoreboard suggests. So, I mean, there is a possibility that the Patriots could win this game because we really don't know how the Buffalo Bills are. Like, through the first five weeks, I was like, oh, this Bills team is, you know, the best team in the game. Then they went on and they played the Titans in that Monday night game where they were, like, heavy favorites, and they lost that game 34-31. to 31. Now, looking back on it, you know, the Titans are the number one seed in the AFC, so the Titans are better than we thought at that point, right? But still, you know, that was a game we all thought, and when I say we all, I mean, like, universally anybody that watches football pick the bills to win that game you know right so this is an interesting thing for this bills team like this is their time to prove that they are who we thought they were because a lot of people picked this team to go to the super bowl in the beginning i know i did i did oh you did they were my pick they were my afc pick yeah crazy i did not pick them to go to the super bowl but i did think that they were going to run away with their division and that division came a lot closer than i thought yeah it was a surprisingly competitive this year so yeah good stuff all right so that does it for sunday uh, excuse me saturday's matchup now moving on to the triple header on sunday uh we got again we have eagles bucks niners cowboys pitt and kc which game do you want to dive in first, my friend? Let's go with the worst one first. That's going to be Tampa versus Philly. Oh, man. I think we this, have to get into this snooze fest, bro. <laughs> well, I, I think this is one that we can't. I, honestly, I think the Bucks are going to fucking beat the living shit out of the Eagles. I'm with you. It's um, not even going to be close. I do think that eight and a half is a lot of points. But the same thing that I said about a lot of these teams is if you look at the Eagles schedule, they're 0-8 against playoff teams. Mm -hmm. When they played Tampa Bay earlier this season, they lost by six points at home in a game where they were down by 21 points in the end of the third quarter. I mean, the game was basically over. They had no chance. You know what I mean? And the Eagles are not built to come back, dude. If Tampa gets up on them early, it's over. It's a wrap. It's is game over Great, for the yeah. Eagles to win this game. They need to control the game from the get go. They need to receive the ball. They need to drive down the field in a 10 minute drive and take as much time off the clock. Mm-hmm. But Tampa Bay is the number one rush defense in the league, so I don't see that happening. Jalen Hurts is gonna uh, <laughs> he's gonna have to be go nuclear like Vince Young in the Rose Bowl is that CNO five type shit for them to have a prayer of winning. Uh, it's just a bad he- matchup on all fronts, bro. 
Yep, 100%. It's a terrible matchup for the Eagles. I mean, honestly, I don't think any team in the playoffs is a good matchup for the Eagles. A good matchup for the Eagles is playing the New York Giants on their third-string quarterback. I mean, that's what we saw all year, dude. They they literally they were, were the benefit of luck, dude. Like, they right. had the most luck. They beat who they had to beat. But, I mean, they were playing bad teams on third-string quarterbacks. They played the Redskins – or, I mean, I'm sorry, the Washington football team, excuse me. The Washington football team on a – quarterback they picked up off the practice squad and didn't even have a chance to practice like right, right. that's what it, that's what we've seen from the eagles and they're 0 and 8 against good teams dude like they're 0 and 8 against playoff teams this year they just they haven't beat a good team so why why do i think they're going to do it now in the biggest stage against the best quarterback to ever play this game or not the best but most winning quarterback to ever play this game against the best rush defense yeah, it's it's bad business, man. So, real quick before we move on, what do you think on, the score is going to be? I think uh, my score prediction, I should say, will be thirty-one <laughs> ten. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. I I was going to say thirty-one seven. Okay. And I think the Eagles will only cross midfield maybe two or three times in the game. <laughs> I can see that. We're, it's going to be ugly, bro. We're unanimous in that in that pick. Moving on to the yes. next game. A potential another bad matchup and another blowout. Uh, Pitt and Kansas City in big, big Ben Roethlisberger's potentially final game as an NFL quarterback. Let's let's get into it, my man. How you how how you feeling about this matchup? What are your keys for both teams? I mean, I think Big Ben said it best, dude. That they have no chance. Yeah. That really, it's going to take a miracle for them to win. But when your head, when your quarterback comes out and says that, I feel like he's like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I don't know if that, what that does to a locker room. Like, does that tell your locker room, like, oh shit, like, what are we gonna do? But at the same time, like, they're, they're really playing with house money, dude. Like, they have nothing to lose because nobody expects them to win. Yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs are twelve and a half point favorites. I would take Pittsburgh with the points here, um, but I definitely think they're gonna lose. The only reason why I, I would take Pittsburgh with the points is because they're playing with house money and they have nothing to lose. So that's right. when crazy things happen. Right. You know, nobody is giving them a shot to win this game. Right. Literally nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's that's scary, dude. That scares me. Yeah. Like, what, I, do you, what do you think about this game? I mean, I, I, don't, I just don't see how Pittsburgh can score enough points, dude. Right. Right. Definitely, I, I totally agree. And and back, kind of piggybacking off what you were saying about Big Ben. Big Ben's uh, comments, I was a little disappointed uh, in the simple fact that you're the face of the franchise, you're the leader of that locker room, people turn to you as a leader of the locker room, you don't say that shit, uh, I mean, you don't you don't want to give your opponent bullets and material, but on the flip side, I'm an optimist, so I like to think of it as maybe he's using maybe that, that as motivation or maybe he just really feels that way. I don't know. I, I think I think he's all saying what we already think and what we already know. But it's just poor yep. taste to come out and say that before a playoff game. I mean, he's a veteran. He's a Hall, Hall of Famer. He's won big playoff games. He's a Super Bowl champion. Uh, I mean, this is his last hurrah. This is his last stand. Why wouldn't you want to come out and give it everything you got, even if you know you're not going to win? It's just, I don't, I don't know, man. I just think those comments... Uh, set a bad precedence precedence but uh casey hands down is going to run away with this game it's not even going to be close uh they have no answer for Mahomes. who's gonna who's gonna cover kelsey cheetah who's gonna stop the running game <laughs> like it's just and the defense don't even have to do much because they're 
You know, the the offense is gonna be on the field most of the time, taking up taking up time, going on these long drives. It's it, it's it's bad, man. So my final score prediction is gonna be 35-17. They'll they'll probably make it interesting score like 21 points in garbage time when the game's already decided but i think uh kc's gonna easily go over 30 points here yeah i i mean they got tj watt on the other side so there's always a possibility that he could disrupt get a good turnover change the momentum of the game i mean kansas city's gonna have to run the ball here pittsburgh's been one of the worst teams against the run this year which is crazy to say because they're usually like really good against the run defensively 27th against the rush dvoa this year so I think it's important for the Chiefs to establish the run early, open up the play action game to literally get that front four pressure off of them. But I do think, I agree with you. I think it's going to be, I think Kansas City wins this game. I'm going to say by 10. I see a backdoor cover here. I think Pittsburgh's going to score a late, a late touchdown to get within 12 and a half. So I'm going to go final score. Let's say 31 to 24. No, there's no way they're scoring 24 points. <laughs> Let's go 31 to 20, dude. In in Pittsburgh's behalf, how how do you see the wideouts, Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and the rookie Najee Harris faring in this game? Well, I mean, usually you would say the only way to beat the Chiefs is to run the ball, but the Chiefs have been good against the run this year, surprisingly, Um, especially the last, like, several weeks. I mean, this is a team that through seven weeks was the worst defense statistically in the history of the NFL. And now they're top 20. That just goes to show you how good they've been from, you know, basically half of the year on to now. And you you throw out that Bengals game, really. I mean, the Chiefs have been great defensively. So, I mean, I just don't see a path for the for the Steelers to win because Ben can't throw it deep. Yeah. And that's really the Chiefs' weakness, dude. Like, they blow coverage a lot with Daniel Sorensen because he stinks, dude. He's like the worst <laughs> yeah, safety in the league, terrible. bro. He's lunch, but for some bro. reason, dude, for for some reason, Kansas City loves that dude, bro. Like, like they refuse to like not play him. I don't get it. I don't. Yeah. And Najee Harris, he really hasn't been able to run all against anybody all year, dude. Yeah, He's averaging they're, they're, their offensive line is terrible, terrible, dude. So I just I don't see a recipe for them to win because they need to run the ball. And they need to be able to throw it deep. And they don't do either of those things well, dude. R.I.P. Ben. <laughs> it's been a hell of a career. It's right off Man, I can't sunset. stand that guy, bro. <laughs> I can't. I'm so glad it's over. And it's a shame that we're really parading him around, dude. Right. Yeah, but we'll get in that in a, in a different episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. Last I even said on Taproom this week, I was like, I can't even explain what I really, I can't even say what I really want to say about Big Ben on, on air. Dude. Uh, I've seen the comments, brother. I, I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> Bro, can't, dude. Uh, all right, moving on to probably one of the more anticipated matchups of this wild card weekend. One of the games I'm looking forward to uh, seeing. Um, historic rivalry. Um, anybody who's are football connoisseurs like myself and my boy Stats knows that these two teams uh, faced off in the NFC Championship game three years in a row in the 90s when we were pups, bro. Yep. Uh, yep. Honestly, it's a shame that we have to see this matchup in the wild card. I always felt like if the Niners and Cowboys are competitive at the same time, 
should be it should be in the NFC Championship with the chance to go to the Super Bowl. But I digress. Uh, Niners and Cowboys, break it down for me, stats. What are your keys to victory? Who do you see pulling this out? This game scares me, bro, because everybody and their mom is picking the Niners, dude. And I always bet against the public because these casinos don't get built by giving everybody money, dude. And this this season has been a uh, has been a very recency bias season from a betting perspective. It's like a team goes out and has a great week and everybody bets on them the next week and they lose. And like it's been like that throughout the entire week. I think I saw a stat the other day. It was like 70 percent of teams that didn't cover the week before covered the following week. I mean, that's just how this year has been. And everybody's looking at the Cowboys and they're saying, all right, they were 6-0 against the NFC East. Outside of the NFC East, they were only 6-5. and five. You know, they did have wins against um, the Chargers, which honestly they should have lost. They had wins against uh, New England, which, you know, we could argue play here, play there, flipped it. And then the Falcons, I mean, they, they don't have great wins, dude. They don't have they don't great have wins at all. They don't have a signature win. I would say like the Patriots win might be the signature win, but you look at the Niners too, and it's like, all right, outside of the two Rams games, who did they beat? Like right. they beat the Bengals in a one-score game. It was very close. Um, you know, I could have gone either way. They lost two games to the Cardinals, one of which Colt McCoy was the fucking quarterback. So I mean, <laughs> this this Niners team is so Jekyll and Hyde, and it really depends on which Jimmy Garoppolo we get. That's like, facts. And last Sunday was a tale of two tapes, dude. First half, Niners only have 82 yards. They only yeah, put up was, three points. They're down 17 to three. It was terrible. Second he half. Could barely, he could barely grip the fucking ball, bro. Yep. And then second half, they flipped the switch and they were able to do whatever they wanted against the Rams. But Kyle Shanahan does have Sean McVay's number. Like he, he owns Sean McVay. I don't know what it is about that matchup, but they love it. I like the Cowboys here minus the three points at home. I think the Cowboys are going to win. I think their defense is super underrated. And if you look at the games that they that they've struggled with, uh, teams are able to to run the ball effectively. And the Niners are a good running team, right? I'm not going to take that away from them, but they're one dimensional running. Like if you look at what the Cardinals were, were able to do to the Cowboys, they were getting Kyler Murray in quarterback design runs. And that was really changing everything, dude. And they couldn't, they couldn't cover it. So I like the, I like the Cowboys here. The defense is good. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, maybe, you know, he gets a lot of interceptions. Not a good cover guy. Michael Parsons is for real. That defensive line is nasty. It's dude. nasty, bro. And if they get after Jimmy G and knock him around a couple times, it's, it's going to be a long night. Game, it's going to be a long night, bro. Yep. I, I love that kid, Michael Parsons, man. He's defensive player of the year, potential written all over. That kid is a superstar in the making. Bro, he's so, like, multi-dimensional too. Like, they line him up all over the field, dude. Right. It's not like he just – he doesn't just rush the passer. He, yeah. he doesn't line up at middle. Like, he lines up all over the defensive right. side of the ball. And drop that could really be a game changer yeah, too, right. dude. You can drop him back in coverage, like all to, that. Yep, because the Niners like to bring Debo Samuel in the backfield to get mismatches too, right. and I don't think they're going to really be able to do that against this Cowboys uh, defense, man. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely another intriguing matchup. You know, I do, I, I do uh, agree with you. Uh, the Niners have been uh, Jekyll and Hyde all year. Um, very, very much like my quarterback situation in Vegas. 
uh, which Jimmy is going to show up, good Jimmy G or bad Jimmy G. Bad Jimmy G, they're in for a long, 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 long game. Uh, but to their advantage, they do run the ball well, and their defense has been playing better as of yet. So that gives them a shot. Uh, I think coming into playing playing in a hostile environment, going into Jerry Jerry's world, it's going to be tough to get a W in that type of environment, man. I, I like the Cowboys as well. Um, 24-17. That's that's my uh, that's my prediction. Ooh, you're going big there. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm looking I'm looking at Cowboys offensively, and you got Dak, you got you got Zeke who hasn't really been playing that well, and Dak's been up and down for the last month. But how how are you going to cover CD Lamb and 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 Amari Cooper? Like who who how, you got to pick your poison? Like who are you going to? And that secondary has been bad all year. Yeah, exactly. And that the funny thing about this matchup is both defenses are bad against the opposing offense's strength. So right. the Cowboys are the Cowboys are number two DVOA defense in the entire yeah. league, but they're 16th against the run. Yeah. San Francisco they're seventh overall, but they're 17th against the pass. So it's like both of these two offenses' strengths, the opposing defense, that's their weakness. Which could play a big. Um, I, I really like. I think this is gonna be a shootout, dude. I like the over in this game. Um, I think the over is at like forty nine right now, if I'm not mistaken. Fifty one, dude. That's so. That's a big number. Yeah. I, I like the over, dude. That's a huge I like the gap, over. bro. Yeah. I think so this your... is gonna be like a. Uh, I would go thirty one to twenty four. Thirty one Cowboys. Thirty one. Thirty one. Twenty four. Thirty one. Twenty seven. Right in the right around there. Yeah, it's relatively yeah, relatively high scoring. Yeah, it should be a good matchup, man. Uh, definitely a, a matchup that I'm looking forward to. I think that's it Can't for wait. Sunday's game. So let's get into the wild card Monday. This is the first time in NFL history that we have a, a playoff game on a Monday night. Great matchup, so division weird. rivals. Uh, two really good teams with two great quarterbacks and defenses, well coached. Uh, I'm gonna let you take the honors, my brother, because this is your team. We're talking about <laughs> the final matchup of Wild Card Weekend: Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, I can't wait for this one, bro. It's crazy, man, because to start the year, I picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Like that was my Super Bowl pick. Obviously, I'm a Cardinals fan. Um, injuries have kind of plagued the Cardinals for like the second half of the season. It's been really tough. Um, they're starting to get healthy. JJ Watt practiced today. Looks like he's going to go. Um, they're also saying Rondale Moore is going to go. Um, both running backs, James Conner and um, uh, Edmonds are on track to play. The Rams are banged up in their secondary. They had to sign Eric Weddle, who I think... Um, you know, if DeAndre Hopkins was playing this game, I would say the obviously this line wouldn't be Rams minus four, but I would definitely like the Cardinals' chances a lot more. I was going to ask you about that. So Nuke's not playing; he's out. He's not. Yeah, they already ruled him out. He's not playing, <clears throat> which I does, which I do think changes a lot. Oh yeah, it does. But it. but if the Cardinals are able to run the ball, which they were in the first matchup, they ran for over two hundred yards. I think that changes everything. Now, what Cliff Kingsbury has to do is he has to get creative in getting Kyler Murray out into the open and letting him use his legs because that is when the Cardinals are dangerous. We saw it against the Cowboys in that game. We saw it against the Rams in the first matchup. When you when he draws up plays for Kyler to run the ball, 
the Cardinals are almost impossible to defend because you still have to you have to have the threat of him throwing the ball. I don't know if you remember that throw that he had against the uh, Packers, or I'm sorry, against the Rams in that Monday night game where he was running full speed and was able to throw a dime. Like, there's not many yeah. guys that can do that, and he's yeah, one of beautiful, them. That's a beautiful, beautiful play. So if you if you make the defense have to uh, account for his legs, account for his arm, and account for all your wide receivers plus the running backs. It makes it a very difficult guard. And the Rams defense has been very susceptible this year. Outside of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, that defense hasn't been good. Yeah, and, and that's what I know, that's what I was saying. They're really susceptible to giving up big plays. Yep, they are because the back end of their defense isn't that good, aside from um Jalen Ramsey. What's his name? Jalen Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. But he can only yeah. guard one person. You right, know what I mean? Exactly. He can't guard everybody. And he can't tackle so, or shit. So yeah, if you get him in space, it's it's a wrap, dude. So I mean, this is a, this is a very interesting game. I'm gonna take the Cardinals plus the points, just because I don't. Matt Stafford hasn't been as good as I anticipated. I mean, he's been good, dude. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. he throws interceptions in big games, dude. Like we saw last week, he had two key interceptions that turned that cost him the game. Yeah, and we we've, we've kind of seen it throughout the year. So I I like the Cardinals here. I don't know if they're gonna win. I don't expect them to win, but. For them to win, they need to be good defensively. They need to shut down Cooper Cup. The Rams really haven't been able to run the ball that well against anybody, but the Cardinals suck against the run, so they need to be able to stop the run. I think getting J.J. Watt back is huge in that aspect because that, that's really when the Cardinals' defense took a turn for the worst is when they lost J.J. Watt. It's going to be big for them, man. I'm not high on Vance Joseph. I don't like Vance Joseph as a defensive coordinator, but <clears throat> I, like, I like the Cardinals here. I like the Cardinals plus the four points. Final score I don't prediction. know if they're gonna win though. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 28, 27 Rams. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a close game. I do think it's gonna be a shootout. Uh, I've said all along. I don't know if I trust Matthew Stafford in big games because he tends to let us everybody down. But just the the, the talent, you know, that's surrounding him. I think that's gonna be enough to get them over the top. I'm looking for, uh, you know, Cooper Cup is obviously the main concern. Much respect to Odell, uh, but it's going to be see. It's going to be interesting to see if they're going to be able to get to Kyler. Uh, if Kyler has time in the pocket and Tyler gets out in space and makes it, is going to be able to make plays with his legs. That they're in for a long, long night. Um, the Rams' um, perspective, I do think this is going to be a shootout with the possibility of going into OT. Uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm torn, man, because I, I like the Cardinals, but I, I just feel like I think they're a year away. Uh, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go 31-27 Rams. That's, I think it's gonna be close, dude. Yeah, it's gonna be a really close game, and I'm not confident in that pick at all because I can easily see Arizona winning this game just because I don't trust Matt Stafford, but. The, the pieces around him might be enough to get it done. But that's the reason why I'm leaning that way. It's a fair, fair assessment, man. Like, I don't trust the Cardinals. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I I don't, man. I, yeah. I just don't. Because Cliff Kingsbury has kind of been, you know, he's been struggling. But, I mean, the Cardinals haven't banged up, dude. Yeah, so, they been. they've been one of the more injured teams. And, like, they've been playing without their two starting cornerbacks for the last three weeks. And now they're getting them. They're getting them both back this week, thank God. 
So that'll be a, a big lift. Yeah, definitely. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, sports betting wise, what, any any tips for the listeners out there? Betting tips. Oh man, uh, don't bet with your heart. That's tip number one. <laughs> don't make ten leg parlays because these casinos don't get built, you know, for any reason, dude. They they literally take your money with these parlays. So don't do that. Number three, always learn how to read betting lines. Like learn the trends and how to follow the line movement. Because especially in the NFL, because it's the most bet on sport, if you fade the public, you're gonna win like 75% of the time. It's unreal. Vegas in big games, they've only lost like one time in the last 32 years. And that was the um, Niners versus Chargers Super Bowl in like the 94, I think it was. So if you take that in consideration and you follow the line movement and follow the early money because sharp money comes in early. So if you see a lot of money coming on a team early, you kind of want to follow that before the line moves. So, I mean, that's, you know, I'm, I'm learning, you know, I've been doing this for like five, six years, but every year I get better and better and better. I learn a lot more every year. This has been my best year as far as NFL betting. So, you know, we really turned it on and uh, we really turned it on in APR this year. And it was a wild year, Mo. Like this was the craziest betting year I've ever seen where the public was killing in the beginning of the year. And then the public's just been taking a hit in the, in the end of the year. So it's well, why been, is that just the way things are? Or is there like a particular reason? Well, I think for one that, you know, more states are legalized gambling, right? Yeah. So you know we there's a lot more money coming in on it so it's a little harder to gauge you know what's what and then we're getting you know we're getting injuries and covid you know late in the week right. where it's like sharp money's coming in early on a team and then thursday comes around and they have like five key injuries they have five key guys out for covid and it right. it just totally flip-flops the the line and the the market so really just follow the market don't bet with your heart, though. That's number one, dude. Do not ever nice. bet with your heart. Yeah. If you bet with your heart, you're automatically losing, dude. Right, right. All right, Mo. That's that's it for that's all we have today on the Park crossover podcast. Before you go, my brother, plug your plug your pods. Oh man, <clears throat> thank you, brother. So I'm on a Taproom Sports podcast. That's like our main podcast. Drops every single Monday. We basically recap the entire week in sports, look ahead to the week that will be in sports. Um, then we got APR. That's our NFL gambling podcast that drops every Thursday usually. But for playoffs, we drop it Friday because there's no Thursday game. So we get a little more time to um, you know look at injury reports and stuff. So we get more clarity. That drops every Friday. Uh, my, my guy, Steady Eddie, Raider Eddie, dude, over 500 betting every single game this year, which is uncalled, un, unheard of, dude. That's crazy. Really, really incredible shit. Uh, he did miss three weeks, so if he were to go on those three weeks, probably wouldn't hit yeah. it. But, uh, nah, he, he's been killer. And then we got TSP Wagers, which is our betting podcast. We drop it once a week for games for that specific day. We dropped it today. We hit all two, or we hit both of our NBA bets so far, and then we got a hockey bet coming up here. Uh, actually in progress right now as we're recording this so we'll see how that goes um yeah man that's 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 all the pods man follow me on twitter at jordan rules tsp always got some trying to throw some gambling knowledge out there 
I'm not the best gambler, but like I said, man, I'm learning every fucking day, dude. And I, I just want to get better every day. Yeah, that's all you can hope. That's all you can ask for. And as for me, uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at your boy Mo87. If you're on Instagram, follow our main page, Club Crossover Podcast. Uh, we're missing one key member of the podcast, my co-host E. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it tonight, so I'm holding it down solo with the special special guest, the homie Stats. Uh, we will be back in a uh, another week to do our divisional breakdown of the NFL playoffs. Hope to have you on again that time around soon, my guy. Hell yeah, dude. Hey, before we get out of here, Mo, I got to ask you your yes, thoughts sir. on your Lakers, dog. I gotta, uh, I gotta we you. really have to get into it. <laughs> we do, dude. We do. I, man, I've been meaning I'm to a, ask you, man. I'm going to keep it a buck, man. Uh, I was never a fan from the beginning of the Westbrook trade for various different reasons. And some of my Laker brethren, they gave me a lot of shit. They called me a hater. It's fine. I've never been a homer, but I just questioned the fit from the beginning. And we all know- Rightfully so. Yeah. And we all know Russ is a gifted athlete, great competitor, but not the best of of, of, uh, IQs. So that was my first concern. Uh, my second concern was his lack of shooting. And third concern was ball dominance. So all of those concerns have come into fruition. And it's just, honestly, bro, it's just a bad fit. Um, Westbrook doesn't fit. 80's a bitch that can't stay on the fucking floor. LeBron, <laughs> LeBron at 37 years old, second leading score of the game. It's a fucking travesty. We're wasting this man's best basketball on a mediocre product. That shit pisses me off. Uh, so I'm do you hearing think a there's lot. A, do you think there's a, a trade to be had that you can get rid of what Westbrook for at least something thing, that you can beneficial? The, yeah, here's the thing, man. Looking at his contract and looking at the market, I don't know what type of roster moves we can make to, that would make us significantly better than we are right now. Like the only other trade piece that we have is THT and he's not he's a good player don't get me wrong but he's not like a quote unquote star so I, I really question what type of value that uh, we were getting returned but overall man it's just it's it's a bad roster uh, we traded all the way our, we traded away or let our best defensive minded players walk uh, we traded basically traded offense or excuse me defense for offense uh, we're we're old, long in the tooth, as the, as they would say, and it, it's just a, it's a bad fit. It's a miss minus roster, and it, it's looking bad, man. It's looking bad. LeBron doesn't deserve this at all. I agree with you about Westbrook. I did question the fit, although it did make sense from the aspect that LeBron wanted to, you know, take the ball out of his hands more because it's it's putting a lot of. Uh, wearing tear on him in the regular season the guy's 37 years old like yeah. he shouldn't be having to score 32 points a game right for the lakers to have a chance to win so i, I right. understood it from that perspective yeah. but the fact that like i don't think he i don't even think he understood that having westbrook was good like there's a reason why kd bounced dude Absolutely. <laughs> you know what i mean like, I, I don't think he really understood that and i think now he's starting to come to fruition he's yeah. like 
damn, this is a bad idea. Like, right. what the fuck were we thinking? Yeah. Westbrook and, is, and, as, as talented he is, man, he's just better <clears throat> off being a one-man show. He can't, he's shown, he's shown time and time again that he can't play with another star. Like, he flamed out in Washington, only lasted one year there, only lasted one year in um, in Houston. In OKC, he had both Melo and, uh, and Paul George, and Paul George was an MVP candidate. And they still got bounced in the first round. So, yeah, ugly, yeah, dog. It's it's crazy, bro. <laughs> it's crazy. But uh, you know, anything could happen. Crazier things have happened, you know. But I, I'm just I'm just taking it day by day. I don't really have any any confidence in the squad. And this is I think this is as good as it's gonna get. I mean, we'll be lucky to. Uh, Win a playing playing game, to be honest, and probably going to get smacked in the first round again. So, I do I do think that there is a path for the Lakers to make it through the playoffs. That really it comes down to AD asserting himself like dominantly, which he yeah. hasn't been able to do his entire career. Right. So, like we're really going out on a limb by saying yeah. that. But the Warriors, I, I said this from the jump, dude. The Warriors weren't as good as their record was. They they had like. The first like 15 of their 19 games were at home that was super beneficial to them right. and then bringing clay back now like you're asking guys to adjust their role midway through the season that's right. that's gonna be an adjustment period and yeah. you're seeing it now dude you, you know the warriors have lost four of their last five games so i don't think they're as good but the the suns are still a problem and then now you got memphis who's like asserting oh, themselves memphis is, we, we, we were talking about this the other day like Me- memphis has all the ingredients that you want in an NBA team. They have the superstar face of the franchise. They're well coached, great complimentary pieces, and they play defense. And they're going to be a tough, tough out. Like, Jaw is playing out of his fucking mind right now. That kid is something yeah. special. The whole team is nice, dude. Desmond Bain is nice. Dylan Desmond Brooks. Uh, I mean, they- Jaron Jackson. I really like Dylan Brooks. And, and Steven Adams is a good fit there. It's Great crazy team. because they made they made some trades in the offseason where everybody was like, dude, what the fuck are they doing? Right. But now it's like, oh, they really did know what they're doing. Like yeah. they totally understood their roster, totally understood yeah. their locker room. And you know, here they are, man. They are a tough team, dude. Yeah. Good luck yeah. to the Lakers, man. Yeah, we gonna need it, man. Good luck to your bucks. Rest away. Although I don't think y'all need it. I think I'll be right there when it's all said and done. Hope so, man. Fingers crossed, dog. Fingers crossed. Yes, sir. Well, that's all we have today on the Killer Crossover Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next time. Yes, thank you for having me, brother. Absolutely, bro. Always a pleasure.